Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 123 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hi, Megan. Hey, Sarah. What's shaking? What's shaking? Not much. We are about to answer some listener quandaries. We are. Yeah. So if you listened last week, hopefully you did. We took three listener questions and offered our advice on their parenting and motherhood questions. Um, And so we like to do these in a batch and just take a whole bunch and do it over two episodes. So this is a continuation. You can always go back and listen to that one if you missed it. Um, But we do have three more listener questions that were sent in either via email or by one Wonderful listeners recording their voice and sending it in. We also have one international listener, which is always so fun to hear from. So, um, and at the very end of this episode, you'll also hear one of the segments that I do at least once a month with Katie Addis. So um, stay on the line or keep listening after we close out and you'll hear that fun segment as well. So I know everybody loves, everybody loves Katie and I do too. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion, and because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the high vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. 
Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. First question. Let's do it. Are we ready? This came from I'm ready. Michelle in New Zealand. No. Right? I mean, I want the ones I want people from New Zealand to call in though cuz I want to hear their accents. Okay, that is a challenge. To, I know we have international <laughs> listeners. I know cuz I we email do. with them. We have yeah. them in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Wales, the UK. All over and the place. they email us and they interact with us on social media, but so far I do not think we have received a voice message from anyone with an accent. Well, we need that to happen. Yeah, we really need just to. call us. We just want to hear your just voice. Just call us. But Michelle has a great question. Um, and it's something we actually did an episode about, but it was so long ago that I just think it's, we have so many new listeners, it's worth talking about again. So I'll read it. She says, hi, I'm from Auckland, New Zealand. I'm a huge fan of your show. I listen to every, every episode and love you, ladies. I was hoping you might do an episode on pocket money in the future, which is like allowances, right? I'm pretty oh, sure that's that's yeah. Brit speak or um, <laughs> <laughs> um, English for allowances. So right. pocket money. I have a five and seven year old boy and been wondering how to implement a pocket money system for ages now and would love to know what you both do, especially around aspects such as whether the money is linked to chores, which is that's always the big question, or whether they are just expected to do chores because they're part of the family and everyone needs to contribute. Um, so this is that's this is always like the big question, allowances yeah. and paying for chores, which I, I always think it's sort of two conversations, but they have to overlap a little bit. You yeah, they have do to overlap. Address. Yeah. So do you want to just give an update um it was episode 15 oh, i'll link it up yeah. we did do a whole show but it's it's worth updating because this it's been a long yeah. time so how what's this looking like in your family this is something that is in constant flux in my house um right now i would say i have kind of fallen our family structure has changed i've sort of fallen into a different way of doing things than i had been which was i believe when we re- recorded that episode i want to say i was paying kids a dollar per year like, okay. so if like an eight year old would get eight bucks a week, you know, a week. Okay. Um, but the problem is, I mean, that, that works really well when they're little. I mean, it works really well to hand a five-year-old five bucks if, especially if they're, you know, contributing a lot and you can afford that and, and it's in your budget. It becomes less, it became less, um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, sustainable mm-hmm. when their needs got bigger and their, and their uh, years weren't keeping up pace you know so like a 13 year old probably needs more than 13 bucks of pocket money depending on how much of life you have them cover for themselves like exactly if they go to the movies are they paying for it themselves right um and that's stuff that you have to kind of think about and i think it's okay for your systems to change yes um and for like clara eight bucks a week is kind of overkill because she really doesn't spend any money everything she does is with me and like i pay for stuff when i take her out so i think i just kind of found that that was that worked really really well when like everyone was under 10 years old and suddenly i felt like i was just paying a bunch of money out every week and it didn't make sense anymore so we shelved that um now the kids don't really get allowances what they do is they have their chores that they do and everybody has to do their chores like they all have pet chores that they do um william is in charge of the laundry right now isaac always does recycling um owen does uh, i'm trying to think owen does a bunch of the pet care claire does some of the pet care and some other things and that's just what they do that's just because they belong to our family um, right and they have to contribute on top of that i also offer um opportunities to make a little more money on more of a sporadic basis but i would say they have an opportunity pretty much every weekend Mm -hmm. to make 10 or 15 or 20 bucks sometimes more for the older kids and do they i'm just going to interrupt do they come to you motivated for that like hey i need some money what can i do or or do you go to them and say i need this done (laughs) but i'll pay you okay some some come to me and some don't like owen always wants money he (laughs) is like a little miser and he wants to earn um, Will wants money when he needs money, but he doesn't care about like stat. He doesn't care He's about stockpiling a- money. Yeah, yeah. And Jacob never cared about money. It was I. It was really fascinating to me when Jacob was younger how he could never have any money. Like it was fine <laughs> with him if yeah. if he didn't want to do chores or whatever the chore was that I was going to pay him for. He would just not do anything. Like he okay. didn't do anything. He would rather have complete control over his life. I think. Yeah. Um, and if if doing whatever extra chore was that I asked him to do wasn't on his agenda, then, you know, he could go without he just he just went without. Whereas other kids um, like Isaac and Owen in particular, are much more concerned about constantly having an influx of cash. So I think it really depends on the kid and their motivation level, um, how motivated by money they are. Right. And I think 
uh, some kids are like William is just motivated by doing what I ask him to do. He's like good old reliable <laughs> William, and he's just motivated by pleasing us or being that kid, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and Claire is kind of a mix of the, the two right now. She wants money, but she doesn't really spend it. So she just kind of, she has like a little purse and it's, yeah, it's growing in there and she'll get it. She, she likes the idea of also getting money because the older kids do constantly. Um, and she, for a while was kind of jealous that she wasn't getting bigger jobs that paid well, even right. though she doesn't need the money. So I think it's, I don't know. It's all over the place. What about you? What are you doing these days? Yeah. So, um, it's so, it's so helpful to hear how it works in your house, even for me. And I know you and I know your family, but it's just really helpful. So we, my kids are nine, seven and four and a half, almost five. And we do not do a weekly allowance. And it's not that I'm opposed to it. It's that I have just never really wanted to be the one managing all of those details. And we have found other ways to have them make, earn, save money, learn about money that have not involved a weekly allowance. So I'm not saying that's the right way to go. I'm just being honest that like we've gotten along without it so far. And like you said, Megan, our kids, when we're out and about, we pay for stuff. Um, we don't give in to their every whim, but you know, we're paying for it. When we go out to a movie as a family, we're paying for it. We're, we're they're young enough that they're not, they don't need the spending cash except for Pokemon cards and things they want to buy. So a right. couple of ways that, um, Oh, and then paying for chores. I'll just answer that real quick. And then I have a couple other thoughts, but um, we're similar. I will pay per chore, but they have to be things that really help me. Number one. So like, here's what happens (laughs) in my house. A kid will come to me and say, I really want this pack of Pokemon cards. Can I earn some money toward it? And my first question to myself and to them is always, are they pulling their weight in general? And they, are they up to date on things like keeping their room relatively clean? Right. Are they clearing their plate? I'm not going to pay a kid to do a chore if that kid is not just in general contributing. So yeah. often I'll say, it's well, like extra credit. It's extra like credit. They only and get it if they did everything else. <laughs> exactly. And I do have kids who will want to go right to earning money and they haven't, you know, maybe practiced piano that weekend or whatever it is. We're, I'm not a chore chart person, but we're in constant discussion about, okay, especially on the weekends, we're like, I will actually make them each a little to-do list on the weekend. Here's what, here's what you need to do. Everything from picking up your room to practicing piano to, you know, making sure your backpack's cleaned out from the week, whatever. Those aren't really chores. They're just things that need to get done. And I'm not going to pay you for something if those things aren't done. So that's one, one thing. And then I will pay them I tend to find really small jobs because they're young and they don't need a lot of money. So I will pay for Mm -hmm. something, especially if it's something I've been putting off. Um, I will pay for, I always have a ton of linens, like dish towels and cloth napkins because we use cloth napkins that Mm -hmm. need folding and I never fold them. I just keep them in a clean laundry basket and use them out of there. So I I have like had a kid fold the entire laundry basket of clean dish towels and washcloths and napkins. And that's a great little kid job because they can do it, but it also is kind of a lot of work and it's nice for me. I reap the benefits. So I'm, I'm kind of yeah. stingy. I don't want to pay for chores that don't actually make my, done. make my <laughs> life, make better. life better. Yeah. yeah no, I totally so agree. I, I do pay, but it's a little, it's with that in mind. Um, a couple other ways that we've just had money, money education and money learning happen without an allowance is, um, so I made Brian read this book called the opposite of spoiled. So Brian is a personal financial planner as his profession. He works with people who are of retirement age and who have come into a lot of money, don't know what to do with it. A lot of them have terrible habits around money and have gotten into all kinds of trouble over time. So Brian's really, I mean, he has a really good context for why this is important. And so, um, There's a book called The Opposite of Spoiled that I'll link to in the show notes by Ron Lieber. And it came so highly recommended by other parenting writers that I love that I just delegated it to him to read. And he came up with um, a save, spend, give um, system with the kids. And he does it with them. This would not be something that I would have the... Um, bandwidth in my brain to manage, but they do it. He has, they have little boxes and he keeps a little ledger and we do match anything that they want to give. So like Allegra wants to give to the rescue mission for, she's already talking about for Thanksgiving time um, for people who don't have enough money to eat. And um, so they have a little section where they can put stuff in to give to charity and we will match that. They have a save section where there's some basic interest that grows with it. Um, Mm. So I I say this with a caveat that like, like it's too complicated for me, but it works for Brian because it's important to him and he's taken it over and he manages that with them. So um, that's worked really well, especially for if they get a lot of birthday money. Um, that tends to be where they get their money is they'll get some generous birthday gifts. And then now there's a system where I think 10 percent of it has to go into 
save. And then the give is optional to them, but we will match it. So they don't have to give, but we will match whatever they give. So I'll link to that book. And if you want to get more systematic, that has worked well for us. That's not really, that's not really about chores. It's more about sort of teaching that whole saving, spending, giving. And just like you said, Megan, they're so different. I mean, one clears out the spent, whatever's available in the send spend (laughs) section gets spent. It's like Reed will invent a place to go so he can go spend four dollars and then be down to zero and Allegra yeah. saves more which is interesting so well and I think you know one thing I want to mention two things I, I love that you both that we both kind of admitted to being too lazy to do allowances because <laughs> that's really kind of what it comes down to right yeah. I mean I felt like I was just constantly having to go to the bank and get out right the right denominations of cash and then have it on hand on Friday when they started coming around with their grubby little paws out <laughs> and I also felt like that system was rife for being abused. So I'd have like literally some kids would come to me with their hands out. Owen would come to me (laughs) and just be like, where's my money? And then it would take like for me to actually do the mental gymnastics to figure out if he did all the things he needed to do to earn that allowance was just too much. And I knew I was like letting it slip sometimes with him because he was so persistent. And And they'd be like, okay, well, just make sure you get to it later because I just want to give you this money before I spend it. They'll capitalize on your inability to remember. Like they will. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Yes. And it's never fair to the kids who who are less money driven because they don't really care that much and they'll, you know, they'll be, you know, sometimes more honest about what they got done. So yes, I, I bought, I bowed out of traditional allowances for many reasons, but one of them is just, I couldn't hack it anymore. Um, but I also love that you said every kid, you know, the, the kids are so different thing. I think it's really important that we realize that we can help kids make the most of their particular money personalities, but no amount of education that we do is going to change the way they relate to money entirely. Right. Like, some kids are always going to be misers. Some kids are always going to be more spendthrift. Like mm-hmm. the best we can do is help them figure out a system that works for them mm-hmm. um, and not try to like expect that because we start talking about it early, suddenly they're going to, yeah, they're going to become penny pinchers right. if they're not or whatever right. it is. Like they are their own people and that relates to everything, including um, how they spend. And I think there's ways um, for people who are a little less organized or maybe a little looser with their cash mm-hmm. to kind of almost like workarounds or like little yeah. tricks for me. Like I'm someone who, would spend everything I have only because I kind of lose track and I yeah. have um, magical thinking sometimes about money <laughs> is, I don't know, like more will come. Yeah. Um, so for me, it makes more sense to be an active money manager in uh-huh. that I spend out to savings. Like I don't, right. I, I want to do something with my money. Um, right. If I don't do something with it, you're not it just going to leave there. it there. It won't just grow. Right. If you leave it, it there, it'll get spent. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it has to be a very active thing. Like I'm taking this money and moving it into yeah. that place to be spent on that. And I do a lot of um, like really hands, like I'm, I'm in my budget daily, mm-hmm. moving things around, checking in to see where I'm at. And I, that is just, that's how my mind works. And that's never not going to work that way. So I don't know. Just want to well, that, that caveat. And- Yeah. And that is actually what's, I think, been really cool about this system that Brian implemented and all the credit goes to him is there is these are physical little boxes with three parts and Mm -hmm. there is physical money in them. And he's the banker. He keeps it in his closet. And, you know, every so often they'll go to him and they can see what's available to be spent, what's available, what's what they are saving. And the savings works like it has to stay in there for at least six months, but it grows with interest or something like that. And then the give. And so, Yeah. yeah, it's tangible and they can move it around or they can see what's there. Um, I wanted to offer another suggestion. If you feel like um, you don't want to do weekly allowance, but want to start kind of dabbling, I feel like anytime that you go on like either a family trip or a weekend or even just a fun excursion, I think it's really helpful for kids to have. We've even done it like at the farmer's market, like giving them each $5 at the farmer's market and just said, this is yours to spend today on whatever you want. And you you will see kids, you'll see, like you said, these little personality things start to come out about the decisions that they make around money. Allegra takes forever Mm -hmm. to make decisions. It's actually really hard for her. So we've had to give her um, like more practice at that. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't do a weekly allowance, I think um, fun excursions, fun family outings or weekend trips or vacations are another great time to say you do have an allowance. You have it for today or for this vacation. And here's what it is. And here's what you can spend it on. And then you can kind of like dabble in that and let your kids experience that without having to commit to a pocket money system right i just wanted to say pocket money again pocket money i really want michelle to call us and say pocket money (laughs) (laughs) um well that was good i feel like that was a good recap and it was it's again it's um episode 15 that we talked a lot about yeah um it's more about chores and delegation but we got into this allowance stuff so okay so should we listen to the next question let's do it from allison 
Hi, Megan and Sarah. Um, me and my husband have a three-year-old son, and we always thought we wanted to have more than one child. We always planned to have two, but now that we're out of uh, the baby stage and things are a lot easier and more fun, it's sort of difficult to make the choice to have another one and get back into diapers and sleep deprivation and all that goes into having a little baby. Um, so just curious how you guys kind of psyched yourself up to get back into the baby stage um, and if that was a tough decision for you. Thank you so much. Well, Allison, I'll tell you one really easy way to um, psych yourself up for it is to just get pregnant without meaning to. And <laughs> then you'll find you have very little choice and you've got nine months to get ready. But I do hear you because with the kids that of mine that were uh, more planned, definitely there was that like, oh man, you know, we just got done with this. Like we just got done with diapers or they're just now sleeping through the night. Um, and I, that was for me... Probably with four and five um, was the one where I felt like I, like I was going so far backward almost mm -hmm. like, gosh, you know, I just went through this really intense phase of life and had baby after baby. And now I've kind of had a little bit of a chance, like a breather from it. And now I'm going right back into it. And I don't know. We did a whole episode about yeah. whether you want to have another baby or not. And I wish I could give like a really good piece of advice right now, but I... I just think it's one of those things like either you can't either your family is not complete mm -hmm. without this other baby or or it could be. And yeah. that's like a big d determining factor. It I is. Think. And there's you know? a reason why that's one of our most popular episodes ever. I think it's episode seven. Um I think what I would say to Allison is there's a bunch of like your own psychology at work here. Like when I, when you think about starting over, you're actually remembering yourself as a new mom and how everything was the first time around. And I think it might be helpful to remind yourself that you don't have to go back to that place. Like right. you, yes. you, you do go back to sleepless nights and tiny diapers and all of that. I, but you don't you're not actually going back in time and you're not actually the same mom the second right. time around. So yes. I think um, number one, I think that might be helpful to remember that you have come so far um, and it does. I, I don't know if I'm just interpreting, but it does sound like they do really want the second baby. It's more just right. mentally getting there yeah. like, OK, here we go. Um, and I can relate to that for sure. Um, I thought I wanted a bigger gap between my second and having a third baby. I thought we'd wait even a few years. And actually what motivated me to just space them just a couple of years apart was actually like just wanting to get it over with for the same yeah, reason. So, totally. I mean, like just like, OK, we just I know it's going to be hard. Let's just do it. So I totally relate. I also think there can be some guilt about feeling that way or shame mm -hmm. about that ambivalence. And I think we should remove that right away because it's okay to feel ambivalent about not being sure what you want out of growing your family like that. You yeah. are not a bad person or you do not need to feel guilty for not wanting to be up all night again. Like, and, yeah. and I think that should be said because I think as soon as we have those thoughts as moms, we immediately judge those thoughts and be like, well, I'm now I'm a terrible person because I always wanted two kids and I can't, you know, and I'm it's stressing me out. So yeah. at least give yourself permission to have those hesitations and not also beat yourself up for them. Does that make sense? I, I wanted to mention the thing you said about it's not literally going back and it's not you're not going to be that person you were again. And what's really interesting is my it got harder and harder for me um, with every kid I added was harder physically mm -hmm. than the kid before. So two was harder than one. Three was harder than two, blah, blah, blah. But I felt better. Mm -hmm. with every kid so even as the workload i would say clara was the easiest for lots and lots and lots of reasons um which i don't really need to go into maybe part of it was just because i'd forgotten by that point <laughs> like at how hard the first one was or whatever yeah. i really had no like almost frame of reference because i just completely had mom amnesia which also happens um but somehow even as like owen was my fourth he was the hardest baby i had bar none hands mm -hmm. down hardest he screamed all the time he was huge so he <laughs> ate constantly it was like a 10 pound baby and he just nursed constantly. Oh my gosh. Um, my kids were little. The other ones were still too young yeah. to leave. Yeah. So I had to take them all everywhere I went. Oh my. And um, we were living, I don't remember now like what the living situation was. I just remember being like super stressed. Oh, I started my freelance writing career. So like I was busy all the time. Yeah. Um, and even though that all those things were true, I still felt better about myself as a mom and really enjoy the memories of Owen as a baby more than I did 
any of the like three, two or one. Like yeah. it just you change, you get more confident, you learn how to the, you get to like this more pride in yourself. Like, mm-hmm. look at me, like, look what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm So I don't know. And that maybe isn't everyone's experience. But for me, that was part of what made it possible to keep having more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, would be like, oh, I, know I would it's say be super hard. But yeah, okay. I would say that was actually pretty similar with Violet. She was the hardest pregnancy and hardest baby. Um, but I was in my groove. I had two like two side jobs. I was like, my other yep. kids were four and two. I was like kicking butt in a way, but it was super, super hard. So I do think knowing that you'll be stronger, you'll be different than the first time around yeah. um, could be really helpful. Also, I, I mean, this is not really my advice. I always hear this said when talking about adding to your family, but it is really good advice. And that is to picture your family like 10 years from now, you know, yes. and think about how many people do you want around that table? Exactly. And, like, yeah. and, and I'm not always good at that. I'm, I'm like a really good short-term planner and I sort of forget the five and 10 year plan sometimes, but it's a great exercise to just think about if you need just, if you know you want to do it and you just need the sort of psychological push to get over that hump, think about that, you know, whatever it's a, it's a 10 and a five-year-old who you get to go do fun things with as a family and travel with, or it's the sibling relationship that you're hoping they'll have or whatever it is, sort of fantasize about what this looks like after the baby stage, because as we all know, it's it does pass and it is hard um, and it yeah. will be hard probably, but you, you don't know if it is going to be an easy baby or a hard baby. You yeah, can't you predict that. So um, I do think that future casting a little farther ahead might maybe get you more excited, especially if you don't love, I mean, some people truly don't love the baby phase and that's okay. That's another thing not to feel well, guilty about. And the, the thing with a new baby is no matter what, there's going to be like you're starting back at the beginning. So no yeah. matter, whichever phase it is you don't love, you're going to set that's going to happen to you. <laughs> so, For us, it's one year yeah. olds, right? Both and honestly, I loved newborns and I love little babies, like probably up to about 10 months is like my yeah. favorite that whole first year. Um, but I at some point just kind of realized I couldn't just keep having more kids just to get that first 10 months <laughs> yeah. because then they become 11 months old. Yeah. And that's and, when it and sucks. then they become 15 months old and we've <laughs> right. well documented how we yes. feel about one year old. Exactly. Um, so, Allison, I hope this was a little bit helpful and you're definitely not alone. I, I mean, I hear this from moms a lot, even if they're sure they want to add that next baby. Just right. the like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Luckily, you have nine months to prepare. Prepare at exactly. least. Exactly. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June, and Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive in June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay. We've got another question. Mm -hmm. All All right. This question is from Renee. And I have to say first, Renee called back and left a second message that was so sweet. And it was just basically how much she loves the show. And I just want to say, Renee, that meant so much to us. We won't play that because it's sort of (laughs) Um, self-congratulatory. You mean we don't like self-congratulatory things? I mean, we do. But maybe our listeners would just rather hear her question. But she called back just to leave another message just to say nice things. And it was so nice. nice. Okay, here's Renee's question. Hi there. My name's Renee, and I'm a mom of four little kids with ages ranging from 14 months to six years old. My question for you is if you've ever dealt with helping kids break 
uh, habits. I have one little girl who is five years old who seems to always be putting things in her mouth. She is always chewing on the baby's toys, which doesn't really bother me so much because I know she can't choke on them. But she's recently started doing things like putting her hair in her mouth, um, like from her ponytail. I've tried tying it up so many different ways and doing so many different things, but nothing is um, seeming to help. And she's also putting things from around the house in her mouth. And there's no way that I can possibly pack up everything around our house, even when it comes to things like pencil erasers. I just can't seem to get her to stop putting things in her mouth. And I'm worried that she's going to choke and swallow things. And actually, just yesterday, she put a peppermint in her mouth that she's not supposed to grab from my purse. And she did swallow it in the van and nothing bad happened, except that I think it hurt for a while going down. Um, I'd like to say it served as a little bit of a lesson, but I don't think so. She's pretty hard-headed. And anyways, I'm just wondering if you can weigh in with anything. I thought maybe it'd be a little topic. And yeah, if you have any suggestions, that would be awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, Renee, thanks for sending in this question. This is a different one than we've taken, um, the different from a lot of the ones we get. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that we're not experts. We always have to give that disclaimer. And um, I think I have kids who are super mouthy and are otherwise well-adjusted <laughs> developmentally on when track. Mouthy, like, it makes me think of something totally different. Yeah, it is. You're right. Mouthy it's means something fresh. else, but or yeah. like oral fixation. And so yes. I'm going to tell you how normal I think this is. But before I tell you how normal I think it is, um, I will say that I know kids with some sensory issues or some other just struggles that are going on as they grow and develop can also be super chewy. And so I would just mm -hmm. say that like if you feel like this is part of something bigger and something else, not that that's any big deal or anything to worry about or feel bad about, you might want to ask someone. That's all I'll say. And I don't yeah. mean that in an alarmist way. I just don't want to get into our answer and not say that because I do, yeah. I have a couple of friends with kids with sensory issues that are well-managed sensory issues. Um, and I know that chewing on stuff can be one way that manifests. But having said that, I have kids who don't have sensory issues who chew their clothes, bite their yep. nails, chew their hair. And it's so gross and so annoying. So I just want to also empathize with you. And I, um, I am someone who can really get annoyed by silly things like this and once you mm -hmm. notice it as a mom it's so hard to unnotice it right. um, like we've talked before on the show about kids and like like noises just like unnecessary noises that they make either tapping yeah. or Allegra does clicking with her mouth I can say that mm -hmm. and she could even listen to this she knows that it drives me nuts so yeah it's like two different things we're talking about like bad habits and sort of learning to maybe ignore to an extent or manage your own frustration as a mom and then also helping kids break habits that truly are not good for their health or a problem so maybe I don't know Megan do you want to dive in on like one or the other of those because I feel like it's oh. kind of two different things well one thing I will say I <clears throat> excuse me um I had super like oral fixations when I was a kid. I chewed my clothes. I chewed my hair. I did all the gross things that I can't stand when my kids do. Right. Owen I did too. used to bite his own toenails. I don't know if he does that anymore. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I realized I had not clipped his toenails in forever. And he's like, oh, so I just chew them off, which was really, really gross. But um, oh. anyway, the more people called attention to it, the worse yeah. it got for me. So yeah. that that's really tricky. Like. I think I truly didn't outgrow it until I realized, till I was old enough to realize other people thought it was weird and I cared. Mm -hmm. So for mm -hmm. me, it was like 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember being 11 and still wanting really badly to like chew the straps of my first purse I got, like mm -hmm. just wanted to real bad. So I think if it's something like that, if it's like a, almost like a tick or like a nervous habit, mm -hmm. um, trying to get your kid to stop my actually backfire. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, maybe some substitutions would have been good. Like, yeah. um, something that I could chew on that yeah. wasn't disgusting. Yeah. They gum. have, <laughs> they do have stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, gum. I hadn't thought about gum and that might be a can of worms yeah. for a five-year-old, but, um, yeah, they even make, um, like kind of like the teething necklaces that you see mm -hmm. moms wear with teething babies. They make stuff that's safe to chew on. Um, so I, yeah, I think substitution is a great idea, especially if it, it just is something that's just really hard to break. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that, um, I think that that's one, I guess, one point I would make. Um, and you said what the other, you thought there were two questions here. To well, answer, I think, Sarah? I think one is helping kids break bad habits or, or setting boundaries about 
things that you really do. So one is kind of ignoring and not drawing attention to it and kind of letting it go as a mom. And the other side is actually helping kids maybe break a habit that really does need to stop. In this case, I think we're kind of talking a little bit about both. But I think, like you said, substitution or having something that's okay to chew um, would be great, especially for a five-year-old, because it doesn't sound like you're probably going to break her of this habit altogether. There's something going on. And like we've said, I think it's super normal. Like I have, there was a whole year where Allegra couldn't wear long sleeve shirts because she'd just eat them all. They were just gone. Yeah. Like she just chew on the end of her long sleeve. Yeah. Luckily we live in Southern California. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's super normal. And I remember, I remember when I was eight, I put one of those, you know, those little pop-up things where you turn, they're a little circle when you turn them inside out and set them on the table, they pop up really high. They get them in like yeah. goodie bags yep. and stuff. Yep. So there was a mini one of those and I was chewing on that when I was eight and I swallowed it. I mean, eight, I was way old yep. enough not to put small toys in my mouth and I swallowed it and it scared me. So Renee, maybe the story about your daughter being a little bit afraid when she swallowed the peppermint maybe that is because that's what I remember thinking is like oh that was a little scary like I did not mean to swallow a pop-up thing and it may take several experiences like that and it may take her being old enough to also you know she may be scared of it but she might not have the impulsive um or the impulse control yeah needed to stop just because she knows it's a bad idea yeah so Um, (laughs) I think when kids I think when we can empathize with kids that everybody has habits um that they're working on and why instead of just stop doing that take it out of your mouth take it out of your mouth which I I get that's like how we it's just how we are um taking a step back a little bit and Number one, making sure the child understands why something's not safe or not healthy or why are we trying to break this habit? You're not just nagging, but there's safety reasons and, you know, reasons why it's not appropriate to put everything in our mouth. So making sure she understands that, making sure there's a substitution, I think, is a really good idea. And then drawing some boundaries about what's not okay to put in your mouth. Like it is not okay, And you can decide what those are. But maybe as you think through this, maybe you get a little more lenient about that, knowing that you're probably not going to break the habit altogether. So you're going to let her put some things in her mouth that are safe you're going to ignore some of it and then and then set some boundaries about the things that are truly not safe and not appropriate to put in your mouth and see if you can kind of like come up with that cocktail and then just remind yourself that it's it's normal and it's like a a lot of kids do that I mean a lot chewing on clothes hair yeah so yeah yeah yeah. and and I do think that you know if, if by offering alternatives the more you can do that um and yeah, and focusing on the safety aspect and like what's appropriate to chew and what's not rather than why are you always have everything in your mouth? Right. Um, is more helpful. I wonder. Yeah, I'm, I'm now I don't know because I'm not an expert. I wonder, like, it's got to be just kind of an age. I mean, we're all remembering doing it and having our kids right. do it. Um, I do feel like Allegra, who's the 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 one who's done this the most is kind of outgrowing it at nine, nine and a half. Although Violet yeah. chews, Violet bites her nails and chews her hair. So I shouldn't say, so I've got another <laughs> one coming up, coming yeah. up the pike. So, um, yeah, I, I feel, yeah. I think, um, sometimes we also fixate. I think that's the other thing is once you notice something annoying, your and kid you is doing, you can't it, stop yeah. noticing. And that's, I go back to my friend, Catherine, who wrote that book, ignore it. Like so mm-hmm. much of, so much of making our own parenting experience more enjoyable is selecting ignoring the stuff that drives us nuts and that is more about our reaction than the kids well-being so that's hard I don't know what else to say that's hard it's really hard but it's worth it and it makes your whole life better yeah totally also I thought Renee should meet our other listener from last week um who's about to have four kids under whatever age because that's another listener who has four really closely spaced and hands full of four little kids. So hats off to you, Renee. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So before we wrap up a couple things, um, I want to let our listeners know that Life Listened has another new podcast coming out. Um, so when you are listening to this, there should be a teaser, a little preview live in your podcast feed uh, for a new show called Crunchy Cocktail Hour. So you would go search up, as the kids say, search up Crunchy Cocktail Hour and you'll see a little preview of what their show is going to be about. And then it comes out um, October 20th. So coming up really soon and that's going to be all about green living healthy living um and it's going to be a great show i'm really so excited about like our network and how it's growing and we've got all these great new shows and like i feel like you can just jump from our show right to all the other shows in the network and you never have to like even leave go anywhere else you just stay <laughs> I with mean us. you can you absolutely should because we all know podcasts are amazing and you know there's a lot of great ones out there yeah. but i just feel like we're offering now so much content yeah you could really just bop from 
life listen show to life listen show it's fun it's super exciting and this this show in particular what i love about what they're doing with like clean clean living clean eating organic green living all of that is that one of them is like a full-blown crunchy committed and the other so larissa is super crunchy allison is kind of more skeptical and um sort of plays the straight man in that relationship so it's not necessarily a show for people who are committed to being everything organic green living all the way it's more for those who kind of want to do a little better like need someone to cut through all the hype larissa's amazing at like knowing the research and knowing the products that are out there and then allison sort of is like yeah like uh, i'm dabbling i'll try it yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it's gonna be a great show and again you can go to crunchycocktailhour.com that's their website um or just search it in wherever you get your podcasts and as of now there will be a short little teaser for you to listen to but then you can subscribe and then you'll get notified when the first official episode goes up. So nice. Yeah. Okay. So stay with us. I've got a little segment with Katie coming up and otherwise head to the momhour.com. This was episode 123, 123. Um, and there you'll find all the info about our sponsors and anything we talked about today that we want to link to. So thanks everybody. Thanks everyone. Hey everyone, it's Sarah here and I am here with Katie Addis. Hey Katie. Hey Sarah. So Katie joins us once a month for a fun little segment about life in the trenches as a mom of really little ones, which Megan and I don't have anymore. So Katie always has a struggle, a discovery, and a success, and we just chat about what's going on in her life. So what have you got? So I'm starting with a struggle, and this struggle has been since I first found out I was pregnant, and that was what was I going to do professionally? Was I going to be a part-time working mom? Was I going to be a full-time working mom, stay-at-home mom? What was that going to look like in my life? And I can't say that I've come to a right answer, but I've come to a resolution for now. For now. Tell everybody what you did So pre-kids. Yes. So pre-kids, I was a high school English teacher and Anna Lee was born in, in December of 2014. So I took the rest of that academic year off, which was considered a leave because it extended beyond Mm -hmm. the time allowed. So in my particular school district, I was allowed two one year, up to one year leaves Mm -hmm. each time in a four year period. Okay. So I took that one leave, that was one check. And then the next year I went back at a very part-time capacity Things fell into place in a very fortuitous way that let me only work what was considered a 20% mm-hmm. contract. Mm-hmm. So I went in essentially to leadership team mm-hmm. meetings twice a week. Mm-hmm. And it was like the perfect arrangement perfect. Yeah. ever. For your first baby, like For have, my have some baby. connection to your pre-kids exactly. job, but don't have to worry about 40 hours of milk pumping exactly right right staying relevant maintaining those professional relationships staying current all of those things and then I found out I was pregnant and so once again I was plagued with this question and um, then so I had him in September of 2016 and that then I took a second full year, mm-hmm. full academic year leave. And so I'm all out of leaves. And um, I was just slapped in the face with the decision and I needed to make it. And I decided that for now, what is best for our lives and what I want for quality of life for me yeah. and my family, um, I resigned from teaching, which was really, it's still hard and I still don't know if that's the best decision, but if I have any words of advice to moms out there, it would be to find out the whole story of what implications there are Mm -hmm. when you do resign. Mm -hmm. Like, are there part-time options that, that have been unexplored? What Mm -hmm. are the ramifications of exiting? If you're a teacher specifically, does that mean tenure goes away. Mm -hmm. I found out actually, it was very reassuring for me that if I re-enter the same district Mm -hmm. within 39 months. Okay. So like really weird time frame. It's not three academic years. It's not three calendar years. (laughs) I don't know where they got, this is ed code. Okay. But, um, I will not lose my, they will bridge tenure 
So yeah, basically, I'm just 39 months from now and going to be new decision to make new crossroads. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway. Yeah, that's really, I would love to hear, we have a lot of teacher mom listeners, those who are in the classroom and those who have left the classroom. I'd love to hear from people on how they handled this and also any teachers who've gone back in. I know, I mean, I, I when I was connected to a lot of stay-at-home moms in my early mom days, several were teachers who had decided to stay home, especially teacher salaries, as we know, are, it's not like you can pay for full-time childcare and then you're netting out a whole bunch more, like, right. you know, so it makes that decision for some teachers to be, you know, and then to go back later. And I think a lot do. So I love if there's anybody out there who has gone back into the classroom after staying home with little ones, I think that would be interesting to hear from, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And as, a, as in addition to that, I would love to know if you shared the same misconception as I did, slight misconception. So I just believed that teaching was the best field to get into because I thought it was the profession that was most conducive to motherhood because your calendar isn't though like so a long time ago do you remember I did a working mom episode I interviewed three working moms and one of them is Elizabeth Chapman who blogs at teaching salmon scout and she's a great supporter of the podcast she's an awesome blogger but she and I talked about that when I interviewed her she's a high school English teacher right I follow her blog and um she was saying the same thing that like summers off and vacations off are great but there is very little flexibility like day of if you have a sick kid or something come up like you you're not really available can't have your phone out with you like it's actually totally not flexible if you think about it but I agree it is it's like we have this perception that it's a family friendly and and don't get me wrong I think there are probably some perks that make it family friendly summers off is obviously a big one right but very little flexibility when you're in the classroom and your kid is wherever they're gonna be absolutely you need to have your child care like second and third options lined up. Yeah. And then and then the take home workload is a whole right. other yes. topic and conversation yeah. that we don't have to get into. Yeah. But I mean that's a huge factor that yeah. weighed, I know into my decision. Yeah. So yeah. okay. Well congrats, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, um, we'll just go into yes. right into my discovery. So it is a grocery sco- store discovery. Oh. And uh, a few months back, I was on a road trip and I happened to be in the state of Nevada. Okay. I'm not sure where else this grocery store is. Listeners, you can uh, bank in on this too. But I discovered a Winco. Okay. I always hear store. about Winco. I think that aren't they Southern? I don't know. I mean, this was Nevada. So yeah. I feel like Nevada, like. She's like a cousin of Texas. Oh, a cousin of the South. (laughs) Okay. Um, No, okay. I have heard of Winco. I don't think I've been in one. Okay. Well, so I just feel like it is, let me characterize Winco for you. I feel like it's a smart and final meets um, like a big box conventional grocery store. So kind of it has that. but, But also, but also like with a touch of. Uh, whole foods okay. or a wholesome choice in that, not necessarily in the, in the organic yeah. natural ingredients, but in the serve yourself bulk. bulk. Okay. Oh, the bulk. That was one I of wonder the if it's also kind of like Aldi because Megan's a huge Aldi person and Aldi has recently come to Southern California. I have not checked one out. I don't even know where one is. Um, close I don't, to us. Yeah, probably they're not close away. enough. Yeah, they're us, not close enough. But they are here in Orange County now. So, okay, Winco. Okay, yeah, Winco. Um, so cheap. Okay, yeah. so... I just have this thing for grocery stores. I don't know what it is. Like if I am in a different, uh, well, in a different country too, but in a different state, like I will specifically like to scope out grocery stores and I just feel like it represents so much of the culture Uh in that area. And I know when I studied abroad in London, when I was in college, Sainsbury, Mm -hmm. any UK listeners? Or Tesco. I Te- oh, I didn't know Tesco. Okay. Yeah. I'll Tesco's to- like big box over there. Oh, okay. So. Well, next time I'm in London, yeah. which I'm sure is going to be soon. Yeah. Real soon. I'll, <laughs> I'll check it out. But um, so I, I went in there, big bulk. I went in to get chocolate covered gummy bears Ooh. and candy, chocolate. It's expensive. Yeah. And yeah. Winco, I'm telling you, it was the cheapest. Oh, wow. I got like half a bag and... Of just those clear plastic yeah. standard size bags. And it was maybe $2. Oh, wow. For half a bag. Yeah. It was incredible. I wish I could go back right now. And you want to go to Winco? I want to go to Winco. Then you'd have to be in Nevada in the summer. I'm sorry, Nevada. <laughs> I know we have Nevada listeners. It's my, I have PTSD from living in Arizona the in the heat. summer. And oh, it's the hot heat. here right now. So oh, it was yeah. unbearable. The heat yeah. is hard. No offense, Nevada. 
We really. love Winco. Yeah, we do love Winco. Um, okay, what's next? And then a success other than my chocolate-covered gummy bears is Kyle and I, my husband, we are coming up on our seven-year wedding oh, anniversary, nice. and we are going to have a night away <gasps> from both kids. Yay. And the only you. downside is that our pump will be accompanying <laughs> Yeah. Us. Maybe I can ask Megan how there. I can program my pump to say, happy anniversary, <laughs> happy anniversary. <laughs> One night. Now, in our breastfeeding episode, we learned that you can really, especially if your baby's a year, you can go away for a night and not pump. I never did it. I know. But you can. Longer stretches I'm okay with, but a full 24-hour cycle, gotta have the pump, I always, one year was always about, like a year to 15 months was always about when I was, felt okay about leaving for a night. Yes. And even if I was still breastfeeding, just bring the pump. And, you know, only needing to pump a couple of times. Right, right. Not having, not being super uncomfortable. Yeah, so. but this will be the first time that we will ever be leaving Luke. We've okay. left Anna Lee before, but it's just been a long time for Kyle and me to have time to ourselves. Yeah. And I think the more kids you add, the more necessary yeah. time away yeah. is. But, but also the harder. The less, yeah, the less time yeah. you actually have to get yeah. away. So... It's tough managing yeah. it all, having time for your relationship well, good for you and guys. having time for yourself. And yeah. Good for you guys for taking that time away. That's exciting. Where are you going? We're going to San Diego. Oh, nice. So the gas lamp quarter. Oh, nice. I, I'm kind of a foodie, so mm-hmm. I could literally spend a vacation just yeah. eating, just planning yeah. out, okay, I'm going to have breakfast here, yeah. a snack there. Yeah. I mean, Fun. I guess you guys figured that out based yeah. on my Winco yeah. love. <laughs> you're a foodie, but you're not super discriminate. You just <laughs> like food. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up this segment. Um, if there's anything we talked about, like where to find Winco's near you, I will throw them in the show notes for this episode. And Katie will be back with us in a few weeks. Sounds good. All right, See bye. you all later. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment. And it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's. M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.